All right, everyone, welcome back to another great episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. Pete's the mind here, and I am joined today by a very special, very anonymous figure in this space. No, it is not one of Elizabeth Warren's shadowy super coders that I know of, uh, but it is Zero X Dorsal, the co-founder of a little hidden gem that uh, many of you in Crypt Nation have seen us talk about from time to time, the Integral Dex. So welcome Zero X Dorsal to the Crypto 101 podcast. Amazing. All right. Thanks, Pizza Mind, for having me. Yeah, like uh, it's a pleasure to be here and um, definitely a time where, you know, uh, as kind of inside a project, the main things we want to do is just keep focusing on on building on and and, and really plugging into uh, the long term side of things and uh, the future we're building towards. And so happy to kind of be here and share more of that uh, with you guys. And you've been building for a couple of years now, pretty quietly. I've been following your project, not exactly since day one, but pretty early on. And what you guys are building is kind of unique in the DeFi space. So give us the high level overview. What is Integral? Yeah, sure. So Integral really is a, a, a line of work where we focus on tailoring more customs trading solutions for what what we think traders on chain need now and and as well as in, into the future. Uh, so specifically, the line of products we've been working on for about nearly two years is um, de- basically Dex decentralized trading for large orders. And so, uh, maybe to give people who are a little bit newer to the space uh, an idea, think about um, Uniswap as sort of the largest price discovery uh, decks on on chain on, on Ethereum and in a lot of other environments, and that's right now not tailored for whales. And so think think of us as um, you know we're focusing on the Uniswap Pro experience or Uniswap for larger traders, uh, especially as you're doing large size trades um, or trading even more frequently. Um, this is kind of the niche we we occupy now, and where you know we we think. Um, it's a niche that's going to be growing, especially as DeFi gets more and more adoption. Um, so, so more specifically, our you know midterm objective is is taking um, this larger style trading, sometimes known as over the counter, um, as, just as a market term, uh, and making OTC trading in its decentralized form possible. And that's that's something uh, we see that DeFi will need, especially as it continues to mature. That's really powerful. Um, and there's billions and billions of dollars worth of value that transfers over OTC desks these days. In fact, that's the primary trading method for a lot of hedge funds and whales now. They just simply go through these brokers that find the deals and liquidity for them. And they've got these different mechanisms for deciding what the right price is. Uh, it's, it's a whole different world than what you and I are used to. So that's really interesting that you've decided to build this. And how's it been going being a builder in this space through really one of the craziest times of our lives and uh, the lives of anyone who's still alive right now? I mean, even if they've been through World War II, at least you knew what a world war was. You already <laughs> saw that in World War One and things like that. Um, but this is just an, an uncertain time. You don't know whether you're com- if your treasury is in crypto, you don't know if it's going to be up 50% or down 50% week to week. 
Uh, even if you're in stable coins, apparently that's not even completely safe anymore. What are your thoughts as a founder and how do you keep yourself motivated through some of the bad times? I think that's that's a great question and one that uh, I think is on, you know, even if not the forefront, the back of everybody's mind in this space who, who has a um, multi-year roadmap and a core team in tow. And, and that's very much, you know, kind of when we started out, um, it was out of a spirit of really experimentation um, and very much inspired by, uh, you know, the first round of uh, DeFi protocols that, that really defined what became DeFi. And, and so, you know, in terms of like long-term ideals and what we're building towards, we, you know, we very much carry some of that energy and spirit, like, uh, you know, and I think we kind of inherit some just even from, the company we keep in the space, like um, our advisors, Rob, Tarun, uh, for example, our founders themselves in this space. And, and you know, these guys are, are really the, uh, I, I think, good samples of, you know, how, how seasoned builders, you know, keep their level heads in, in this space. And, and, and we very much, I think, fall in a similar camp here inside the Enderworld team. Um, so we, first of all, we, we're focusing on the very big long term um, and, and really there's still a lot of work to be done in terms of, you know, thinking about what DeFi could be. Uh, obviously, as you mentioned, um, you know, there's a lot of market volatility right now in this part of the cycle and very specifically this month and this week. Um, and, you know, unfortunately that's a distraction to, to long-term building, but, um, you know, from a, a kind of long-term, you know, sticking to, uh, you know, really putting ourselves in a position where we can focus on the long-term that that was a decision we made uh, a long time ago. Um, you know, over a year ago is, um, when, when a lot of our early users and community from when we went to market with, um, what was then interval version one and now known as interval five, um, you know, off of that, we raised a bunch of support and, and, and funds from um, from that public seed round from our uh, community and early users and, and the early investors that joined there. Um, so that's that's what's you know keeping us afloat. And and this is one of those times where you turn on the blinders and you just say, hey, like uh, you know, it's a tough time out there. Some projects, unfortunately, are 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 going to face trouble um, and you know, as, as a long-term player in the space, you, you have to keep your kind of heart open to that and, and, and say, you know, it's, it's also a great opportunity to, you know, really engage people as they rethink about like, Hey, what, what's our next long-term roadmap all across the space, right? Regard, regardless of whether you're working on DEXs, you know, scalability, some folks are, are, you know, working at even out one. And, and, and so there's a chance for kind of like mixing up, you know, who, who's, who's remaining around after, you know, after such a tough drawdown. Um, so that's, you know, that, that's one of the patterns I've seen in this space. Uh, so it's definitely not my first rodeo. Uh, I can count them uh, on my fingers at this point. And, and, and really one pattern is like, there's going to be some people who, you know, on the investing side, on the trading side, on the building side, uh, who, who all stick around. And, and these are the folks who, um, you know, are gearing up for the, you know, the next summit climb. And, and we very much, um, you know, I guess like, you know, sort of accepted the reality that at some point this, this type of week is going to happen. 
but you know, who knows when, right? No one can time the market. Um, right. And, and in order to get to that euphoria, yeah. you have to be able to survive the devastation. Yeah. And so obviously we were incredibly lucky to have been working on this, uh, you know, relatively early um, and, and kind of went to market during, you know, the kind of the, the, the rise of, you know, off the back of DeFi summer 1.0 or 1.5 or whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and, and um, you know, that obviously puts us in a, in a very good long-term position, but um, you know, even, even us, like we were grown to, uh, I think we've, I think we got our 20th core team member at, at, at this month, but um, you know, we haven't grown super fast um, specifically just because it, it takes time to iron out the entire, um, you know, process of building, right? Like, I, I think that's a common question people ask is like, Hey, why, why aren't you deployed on like every single ecosystem at this point? Right. Um, and, and, and these are like tough decisions you have to make. It's like when, when we are so early on, how do we like make sure we're oriented in the right long-term direction? And, you know, how do you not grow from, you know, zero to a hundred people? Like, a lot of the um, kind of projects of the, of the past wave, many who didn't survive just because, you know, because that's the reality of, of these market cycles is, you know, like paradigms shift, the rodeo changes. Um, but uh, for everyone who's kind of has the right long-term thesis, right? Like the, the show goes on. Um, so that's, you know, that's another rambly way of just saying, Hey, like, <laughs> You know, this is this is unfortunately the brutal reality of what happens in, in the markets, and um, and unfortunately, it, it it's all orthogonal. Um, besides the financial, uh, you know, financial um, runway part that intersects with long term building, but uh, everything else is is a little bit of a short term distraction, right? We might be in another place in one, two, three years uh, in terms of the markets, right? And we're and, likely to because nothing ever stays the same, uh, for better or for worse. Yeah, that's the beauty of the markets. That's how we we make our money. And I I know you know as a developer, founder, and investor, you know as investors, um, you look at uh, you know market cap and you know your your balance mm -hmm. and to try and measure success. But yeah. as a founder in this space, you know you're going to see your market cap sometimes at a billion dollars, sometimes at a million dollars, and that's not really the best benchmark to find out how you're doing. From a founder's perspective, how do you measure success uh, on an ongoing basis for your company? Yeah. So, you know, market cap is and price, I think they're signals for, you know, for people who need to have an understanding of the snapshot of the business world, like right now, you know, like right in this instance, in this block of time, right? But price um, is not really like a fair indicator of value. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that I think that's the way, you know, a lot of us think about it between the difference, I think, between shorter term, you know, what I say called trading and um, investing and, and, and building is a form of investing. Obviously, uh, if, if what you're building is an exact replica or fork, you know, that of something that already existed, that's actually just, you know, playing into kind of like the you know, predominant trend uh, of something that already succeeded, right? So you're kind of playing the market and, and maybe that's the building version of a, you know, of a copy trade, right? And, and building something new on the other hand, or, or building something 
a little bit ahead of time of what you think the market will need in the future. That's that's more of an investment from the builder's standpoint, right? Like, you know, how do we know, for example, that you know we're not going to sink hours and hours of development time in, or you know, talking to potential future users in and, and building something that ends up being for a version of the future that doesn't actually take place, right? That's the risk. So, so I think that's the same type of you know investment risk return that actually like uh, people who are doing more financial or venture or or supporting founders style of investment, um, you know that that's you know pairs exactly with that that style of of building for the future, right? So uh, when I say building, it's it's really a mix of everybody who rolls up their sleeves in this way. Um, so obviously, uh, you know, this week was a reminder of like, hey, like you know what the market thought might be popular now, right? What, what has the highest market cap or usage or, you know, price now might not be what, you know, there in the, in the, in the next week or the next year or the next cycle. Right. So, so we, we have to kind of discount that quite a lot, right? Like um, I'm not saying there's no value to it. Um, if, if you need, for example, to, you know, do a short-term experiment, for example, with enough users or with to, to reach a certain amount of distribution, you might need to play, Kind of in that space of, of some uh, of something that people will at least try or use now, right? And and I think we're you know we're definitely in that overlap space, but heavily skewed towards the um, you know building ahead of what's needed. So I I would say you know with the way we've done integral for for the the, the past year and a half two years, that's you know we're, we're definitely skewing more towards building ahead of time, and that's just how it turned out. But uh, yeah, that's that's how kind of we segmented between like, you know, different builders in the space, right? Like, obviously, some people are just doing that fork thing right now. And, you know, that they're, they're just copying the ongoing predominant trend because that's what, you know, has good prices. Right. Um, and then so we have to tune that that part out because that's that's just not part of our our thesis. Right. We're we're actually. Uh, more specifically for this whole large trades on chain segment, for example, um, we really think, you know, the institutions or, or you know, I use the word institutions with an air quote here, but the Web3 institutions of the future are the DAOs, right? Are these, you know, on-chain native uh, DAOs, funds, collectives that, you know, are going to have assets on chain to manage. They're going to need to do trades. They're going to need their form of financial plumbing. And we're smack dab in the, you know, the middle of kind of, you know, the, the, these iterations of, of designing and prototyping, Hey, what's those, what's that future, you know, financial plumbing of the, of web three future going to, you know, going to actually look like, what are the things that are possible natively in web three that, you know, maybe are even alien or slightly foreign to um, you know the guy sitting on Wall Street right now who you know knows about borrowing and lending, but like maybe has you know has, has sort of this um, frame of mind where 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 they're a little bit you know stuck in their old frame and and the traffic frame like you know they they can't they can only see a nail when they have a hammer right like that type of um, so so I think there's a lot to be said of like the entire design space of like hey like there's going to be these future needs. And we want to be playing towards that um, rather than, uh, you know, just only doing what the market says is is, is popular, right? Uh, obviously, this week was an example of, you know, that not turning out well, right? A story or stories of that not turning out well. And, and it, 
you know, people just play different games as builder sets. Um, and then, so this is ours skewing way more towards the uh, kind of long-term uh, and building really into like, um, you know, what the leading minds of kind of decentralization of web three and, and kind of, right. What, what, what do the real thought leaders of the space um, kind of actually think, right. Um, at this point, crypto is nearly 10 years old and uh, or over 10, you know, if you count, like building decentralized apps. Like I, I think the word D app, right. is this near a decade old, right. So like what, why are we doing this? Right. You know, it's not just to make money, right. Like I'm, there's probably, um, you know, other things you could be doing out in TradFi or out in, you know, Silicon Valley or out in, you know, wherever it is. Um, and so it's a mix of the why, as well as, you know, the, the, the interesting people that, that all converge and, and put mind share and efforts and capital into this, you know, kind of spear point of, of going towards this future of um, kind of what can be possible. Obviously it comes with some uncertainty, right. And, and this is definitely one of those times where a lot of people, especially new tourists to this space who are maybe less familiar with the deeper values and why um, they might be heavily shaken. Right. And, and, you know, I, th- I think after being a, here through several cycles, you s- it's okay for people to drop out. It's not for everybody, but we definitely need a core of people to, to do this. Yeah. How do you find which projects are going to survive a bear market versus which ones are going to fade into obscurity? Is there any particular thing you look at or is it really just kind of something where you have to go in and talk to the team and figure out, you know, the temperature there? Because every community is going to be uh, really depressed at the moment. So you really can't put your thumb there as a gauge. Do you look at code commits? Is it something else you look at? What, what's an indicator for you? VC backing? I have no idea. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's something that's definitely going to have a, a lot of um, scrambled signals right now, right? So I think a lot of folks who do want to, you know, stick through this cycle, they're going to recalibrate. I mean, there's just, there's just a lot going on right now, right? Like people just personally are distracted, right? Because I mean, it's web three, like, um, you know, I, I would be incredibly surprised if, you know, you find me long-term builders in the space who aren't themselves like, you know, invested some form even outside of their, their projects or endeavors or investment funds or whatever. And, you know, just simply holding E for Bitcoin or, 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 you know, helping other crypto homies out, right? Like that's, we're, you know, this is kind of, you know, this is our work life, right? This is for a lot of us to professionally defining. Yeah. So right now, like, how do you, you know, parse through the signals and, and, and figure out, right. Who's going to be around, right. Who, who, who do you um, work with? Who do you bounce ideas off of? Who do you jam with in this space? I, I, from the builder's point of view, what we find is um, a lot of our, um, you know, best private advisors, both public and private. We have about, uh, if you count all types of advisors, including unlisted ones, we have about over, a little bit over 15 different advisors who, who, you know, engage with us on different areas that they are, you know, specialists or experts or have uh, connections to. And that, you know, a lot of these folks, um, they are through the course of, a year and a half, two years building, they, they are who we found to be the, who we think are the best or top or, 
you know, specialists in their, in their area of, you know, the entire crypto, um, you know, crypto industry. And so we really think, um, first of all, that like, Hey, if people are down to jam with you out of goodwill, out of excitement, out of a place of energy and positivity, right? Like these are you know, all typically one-on-one or, you know, conversations either, you know, online or in person or some mix of both, you know, that's usually, Hey, like a, a, a sign that like, look, people are willing to really give and, and learn what's out there and learn about you and, and give feedback before they take. Right. And, and that's, I think a key, uh, you know, if I were looking for one number one signal personally of, of who's sticking around in this space, it, it is often the people who are able to align with, uh, kind of with us in this way, right? Though, though I would say that um, a lot of our advisors who, who and, and, and collaborators and other projects and other builders we talk to, like that, that kind of we engage with in this way, even before there's any paperwork or talk of compensation or anything like that, right? Like that, that's typically um, who vibes best and, and, and over time um, the most with us. And I, I, so, you know, extrapolating this advice for folks out there, like, you know, I think, especially in times of these turmoil, right? Like look at, Hey, who's giving before they're taking, who's, who's like, you know, look kind of talking to the space, who's, who's, who's showing up, who's, uh, coming with open arms, right? Uh, it, it's understandably a very tough time. And, you know, it, it, I, th- I would urge everyone who is in a position to do that, to, you know, be patient, be, um, understanding and, um, you know, that, that like, Hey, even if it's just long-term folks, uh, supporting each other as crypto buddies, right. Even just morally and spiritually, or, or, or you know, from a morale standpoint, that's, that's a lot. Um, and, and so people yeah. are saying, you know, the old cliche is your network is your net worth. And, you know, I've visited ETH Denver recently and it was such an incredible experience, Everyone was working together, super positive, no matter what the price was or the price action was going on. No one was even checking. And it didn't matter if you were from competing projects. People were still there to help build because there was a a greater vision that people were building to. It wasn't a product that someone was trying to build. It was a mission that hundreds of thousands of people are working together on. And I found it really, really fascinating So this episode of the Crypto 101 podcast is sponsored by Crypto.com. Now, when Aaron and I took over the Crypto 101 podcast many years ago, creating a safe exchanges list was really at the top of our to-do list. It was extremely important for us to document the most secure exchanges that we could possibly think of, uh, places where our listeners and followers could buy and sell and trade crypto. And when we officially rolled out that safe exchanges list, Crypto.com was at the top of the list, and even more importantly, it's still featured there. Look, Crypto.com is the world's fastest growing app where you can buy and sell 250 plus cryptocurrencies at true cost. They have a lot of different products. Their app has Crypto Earn, where you can get passive income, and there's no annual fee uh, for their Crypto Visa cards, where you could earn cash back in crypto and bonuses on tokens. Uh, And you can also turn crypto to cash in seconds with their Visa card, which includes hundreds of popular subscription rebates. Look, all you got to do is join the 10 million plus users who are buying and selling cryptocurrencies at Crypto.com. And and look, you can use our referral code Crypto101 
to get $25 in a funding bonus. How's that sound? So again, visit crypto.com and enter in our referral code, crypto101. Okay, terms and conditions do apply. Despite big institutions like JP Morgan Chase pouring money into Bitcoin and crypto last year, the recent crash just wiped out about one and a half trillion dollars from the total market cap of crypto. And, and the devastation it's causing analysts to conclude that, hey, stocks and Bitcoin prices, they are in fact pretty highly correlated in the short term. So when stock prices dip, Bitcoin has been tending to dip. That's why many wealthy investors now are starting to prefer a nearly non-correlated alternative asset for a store of wealth, one that could go up in value even when the market's dipping. And I'm not talking about real estate or gold. I'm actually talking about blue chip art. So if you've ever wondered how some Picasso artworks can sell for like over a hundred million bucks, uh, and experience a total price appreciation of above a thousand percent over time. Well, it's because the ultra rich use this asset class to protect and to grow their wealth. And while most people think that they can't afford this option, Masterworks is the secret, really the secret sauce here that makes diversifying your portfolio easy. So over 400,000 members have joined Masterworks to invest in art without being a millionaire. Okay, so to discover the power of art investing, head over to masterworks.io slash crypto 101. Again, that's masterworks.io slash crypto 101. And go ahead and check out some important disclosures as well at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. And those are also in the show notes. All right, on to the show. I recently stumbled upon... Uh, this book called The Fourth Turning. And The Fourth Turning is talking about human history and society through different generations and different cycles that occur over roughly 80 years. And it had gone all the way back to the Revolutionary War. It's written in a you know, perspective from American history. And hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Ufi Video Lock, a smart lock a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months. But don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recorded. They're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have, and it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And it was written back in 1997, but it predicted exactly what's going on today in earmarking this generation kind of starting in 2008 and running through current to, you know, assumedly, you know, 2028 uh, as the crisis uh, attorney. And this is a time of crisis. And through every crisis, which has really happened, you know, on the nose from the Revolutionary War, 80 years later, there is a civil war. 80 years later, you've got World War II. 80 years later, you have what's going on today, which very much is, you know, so the previous uh, turning is the unraveling where society is collapsing and falling apart. And now we're in crisis. We don't know what to do. All the things that we once knew are true are no longer or never were. And we have to have heroes come build something else for us to emerge into and all gather around and cling to in the next turning. And from that point of view, that's exactly what's happening right now. We're in the middle of a crypto revolution, and Web3 is this thing that everyone's building to replace the broken centralized systems that got us in this mess in the first place, and it's going to take a long, long time to replicate all these things in a decentralized way, in a way that brings value to the people and participants rather than the two or three guys at the top. Uh, and then stress test it. And we're right in the middle of a really brutal stress test at the moment as we record this in the middle of May. But I think we're going to make it. So it's a really exciting time. And if you're out there and you're worried about things and you're not sure what to do, find a network of people to talk to and make sure they're positive. If you don't have anyone that you know in town, come out to a conference if you're not able to travel and your budget's tight, and I don't blame you if it is, come join us in Crypt Nation at you know cryptorevolution.com and just come hang out or find a good group on Telegram or somewhere um, at meetup.com. In every major city, there's a there will be a group that gets together once a month and find some people to support you and learn in this tough time. You know, rather than watching numbers go up and down, this is the best time to educate yourself and learn and be able to, you know, sharpshoot real value before price catches up to it. 
amongst many of these things that are being built because there's stuff out there every day as people are leaving their jobs at Intel and Google and Facebook and bringing their talents into the space to build something incredible. So definitely find a network to support you, as uh, Zero X Dorsal was saying, and definitely give the book a fourth, a fourth turning um, a shot. It's written by Neil Howe and William Strauss, The Fourth Turning, available on Amazon and everywhere. I just like that book. Really helping me um, just put context to everything. Because, you know, when we say, you know, we've said it all the time, Bryce says it all the time, you know, when in doubt, zoom out. And this is such an incredible zoom out into human history. It really puts all the chaos that we're feeling uh, kind of into order and says, this is what has to happen in order for, you know, the next great thing to come along. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, sorry, a little bit of a tangent there. Oh, Let's get it's back to integral, but yeah, uh, <laughs> no, no, maybe before we do, like, I, I'll say, like, you know, one thing I heard, uh, you know, in the, you know, your take on the fourth paradigm, uh, sorry, not fourth paradigm, fourth turning book, mm-hmm. um, really is this idea of like, you know, technological cycles, right, and and reorganizations of even like how society organizes, and I, I, I do think, um, you know, you said something about. You know, we're kind of in a, a cycle, arguably, uh, since 2008, right? And 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 you use the term heroes, right? As as kind of people who are leading either the charge, um, you know, societally, uh, maybe from an organization standpoint, or you know, even from an innovation standpoint, right? From a tech or science or uh, building standpoint, and you know, it's interesting that you even use the term heroes because I, you know, I want to say like you know, remembering from, you know, what was happening around 2008, even in popular culture, you know, around that time is when you have like the, what's it like Christian Bale version of Batman, right? Like, and, and all these Marvel movies really spinning, like kind of hitting theaters, right? And and, and every other day. Yeah. It was like, you know, every three months, it's an, you know, Martin X Marvel hit. And, and when, when I think about kind of, movies when going to, to theaters to personally see, right? I, I think it really spun out around that time, like this thread of like, hey, society needs heroes. Um, but at the same time, we have to remember like, you know, even within crypto, right? Like uh, I, I think one thing that, uh, you know, really uh, I would say our team and a lot of other builders have observed is really this, um, you know, a little bit implicit thoughts of like, hey, like, these guys, these people, these even pseudonymous people, like, uh, you know, like some members of our team, right? Like they're, they're these superheroes, right? They're these like Satoshi like figures that, you know, they're, they're, they're more than human or they're extra human, right. Or they're superhuman. And, and that's just very not true. Right. Like we have the same, uh, you know, personal accounts and bags and lives and families and, you know, problems that that a lot of uh the other folks who are you know engaging in our communities or following our projects or using our d apps you know we have very much a lot of the same problems right and you know that i think a lot of people forget that right like you know once again echoing like the we are really all in this together and and but like you know don't forget that like these guys who are like building these things and and showing up to the discords and crypto twitters and other groups and chats like hey they're you know they're real people and, you know, find the, the the versions of of us who are in your local neighborhood or city or country and 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 uh, go get a beer or, you know, have, you know, reach out and have coffee with, with, with these folks. And, and that's a way to do this offline 
um, and, you know, not have to be plugged into like all these red and green bars and other things that are going on that are super distracting to the long term. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, it, you know, just going back to, you know, superheroes and being real people like I really enjoyed the Daredevil show on Netflix and Jessica Jones because they really did portray these people as regular normal people that are trying to live their lives just happen to have these superpowers. And I think there's a lot of people that are building in the world that are very much like that. They just happen to have an incredible gift for coding or cryptography or leadership or vision for where all these different pieces that other people have built can, you know, be fused together to create something amazing. Um, and, you know, our, our superheroes in this generation aren't out there necessarily uh, saving a woman from having her bag stolen as she walks down the street, but they're building things that are going to create freedom and opportunity for billions of people in the future. And if, I mean, to me, that's heroic. It's really, you know, breaking one more link in the chain of economic slavery that, you know, we're all kind of finally looking around and realizing, hey, what is this? Why, you know, they're telling us I'm, that we're free, but there's so much limitation. Is that really freedom? What does actual freedom look like? And we're starting to see some examples of that being built in this Web3 space. Um, but of course, it comes with its own set of constraints, and it's going to take time to evolve and grow. What are some of the constraints facing Web3 right now that need to be resolved before everything in the world is running on Web3? Yeah, I think that's a great kind of big idea to tackle, which is, um, you know, if I would say at the center of Web3 is this idea of like, hey, look, these previous institutions or ways of working in society, you know, in, in this next kind of wave, we have a chance to, you know, have different coordination, um, you know, schemes for, for a lot of the things that took a previous form in society. Right. Uh, and I think one key question is what do we, you know, what needs to be decentralized first of all, because definitely decentralizing everything is, is probably not the, you know, not the answer. First, so first of all, we don't have enough people to decentralize everything, right? Like, and and so we, we have to sort of pick and choose our early battles, I think, as a as an entire Web3 space. And so when, if we look at DeFi specifically, uh, I, I would say this is, you know, battleground number one uh, for, you know, hey, how can we show the world what, what decentralized, um, you know, financial plumbing can look like? Uh, so DeFi 1.0 was really about you know, hey, like, let's prioritize decentralization before finance, right? So, so really inheriting a lot of the, the sort of narrative that Satoshi actually puts in a lot of the early Bitcoin uh, talk, right? Which is about, you know, it's about federal federal banking and, and, and central banks being able to print money and this kind of sovereign approach to currency and assets, right? So that's, and, and then it just happened that like, hey, like, if we can decentralize everything, what would finance look like if it were decentralized? But the, the first, you know, a lot of these first outcomes are kind of poor, right? Like if we just even think about Uniswap style trading out, out there, um, you know, a lot of on-chain activities right now, there's just tons of front running and, you know, MEV that, that that's conducted by, uh, you know, miners and validators. And, and for those who are a little bit less new and, you know, new and less familiar with these topics, it's just, you know, the fact that somebody still ultimately has, um, you know, a mechanism of determining, hey, what sequence of of transactions happens. And anytime that appears, right, like there's a possibility for front running and, and 
arbitrage profits to be extracted that way. And Do you think it's possible yeah. for a fair system to really be built, or is it really just transitioning power from one group of really, really rich, powerful people to another group of really, really rich, powerful younger people that have built a lot of this stuff so far? I do think it's, uh, you know, I, I'll take the optimistic view and, and I say, do I do think it's possible, but it has to be very, you know, carefully architected. Um, and so a lot of the, the you know, intellectual brain power in the space is directed at this style of, you know, making things fair, right? Addressing the whole uh, MEV question. And so... And what is MEV for those who have never heard that term? Yeah. So um, MEV, you, you may, may have encountered the full, you know, the full term is minor extractable value or uh, once in proof of stake systems, if it appears it's uh, maximal extractable value. So, you know, there's two versions of the term that sometimes right. are used out there. And, and and really it's just, you know, it's just a form of, um, you know, the fact that somebody has predictive front running capabilities to manipulate like what normal users are doing on any blockchain. Um, so, so, you know, it's, it's a form prime form of unfairness right now. Right. Which is, Kind of like um, uh, if you were yeah. buying a stock through a broker and he knows your order's coming in, so he goes and he buys it himself and then sells it to you at a premium. Exactly. Yeah. I think, you know, that's the best like layman, uh, you know, example, which is these miners, right? Or, 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 or you know, in proof of stake, validators are the, the guys who are, you know, processing and finalizing, you know, part of the, the, the consensus process and finalization process of, you know, your transactions going through. And what happened was, you know, DeFi is a complex type of, you know, more complex and rich type of operation. That's not just like sending Bitcoin around. Right. So, you know, DeFi is on Ethereum is super rich at this point. You know, you have lent borrowing and lending, you have flash loans, you have, you know, normal trades, you have, you know, trades that are, um, you know, going into DEX order books and AMMs and, uh, you know, anything in between. And, the fact is there's content there and if the people who are processing this can, you know, predict what the actual, you know, potential values of manipulating that could be, why wouldn't they? Right. So, you know, without diving too much into it, uh, when we think about what does like, if we think about the next wave of DeFi, we really want to just accept that, look, there's going to be a decentralized world. And how do we co-design financial operations with the fact that it's a decentralized world, right? Like with the fact that, for example, you know, there are always going to be a style of arbitrager or MEV type player that is going to be looking to, to eat people's lunch. And so what we did at Integral um, with our trade mechanism is, is we actually, you know, in order to, to really kind of help protect larger trades for, for whales and these future, you know, DAOs and future on-chain institutions, what, what we did is allow you to settle your large trade at basically the prevailing, you know, at the prevailing Uniswap price, but without the kind of downside of kind of being sniped or front run um, by all these other guys in the dark forest, right? So, uh, so how we do that is, you know, when you enter into a trade, you know, you're, you're basically saying, hey, um, I'm committing to trading a million dollars of ETH, let's say, and you want it to convert it into, in, into stable coins like USDC. Uh, what's happening is you're being matched against um, LPs in the integral pool and same, you know, same style as, as a lot of these DEX AMM pools you see out there. Except uh, once you're committed, you're actually settling at the prevailing market price on Uniswap for those same assets through 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 30 minutes. 
And so that's how Integral Size, our, our current product that we launched in late March, that's how it works, is really uh, saying, hey, look, traders have to commit capital over time to demonstrate that they actually organically want to make this big trade. Um, and the, the LPs are in the pool and, and they can earn rewards and um, you know, help facilitate matching and, 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 and being the counterparty to these trades, right? So, so it's a new style of, of thinking, which is saying like, look, if we can make this definition of fairness, which currently takes the form of saying, hey, if you're arbitra- arbitrage style of trader that doesn't actually have a million dollars to sandwich the, the, you know, the organic trader who wants to trade a million dollars, then then you should, right? Like that arbitrator should be locked out of, of such a trading venue so that we can actually, you know, make sure everybody who's organically helping to facilitate the trade, like uh, the LPs, uh, and the the organic trader who actually wants to convert the million dollars, and that's yeah. what crypto is all about: cutting out the yeah. middlemen and their fees. Exactly. So, so we 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 see our innovation there as you know one you know small prototype of of what could be possible if if you have a financial DApp layer that is designed carefully, uh, you know, with 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 different definitions of fairness in mind, and and I think the you know, zooming back out, I know there's a lot of jargon kind of in, in those past two minutes, but um, the problem with fairness, it's, it's, it's all relative to um, a particular definition by the system designer. So, you know, Integral has one, uh, as I roughly laid out, which was, you know, if you're, you know, one of these arbitrage traders who, by the way, like we actually rely on them in the ecosystem to update, you know, atomic DEX prices. Right. So Uniswap's prices are fresh because of these very players. So it's it's a little bit of a very two-sided, like double-edged sword, dirty truth, right? Which is we kind of need these guys right now. And that's why they that's why they capture these profits. And that's why systems like uh you know, like these Gen 1 AMMs allow for this because that's how you get the fastest price discovery. Right. So somebody who knows the price of Ethereum on Coinbase or Binance or, you know, pick, pick your favorite centralized exchanges. You know, obviously that actually is a totally different universe with respect to like, you know, on Ethereum, for example, the, the, the pricing inside Binance is, is for all we care in a, in, you know, in a totally different world. And there's a bunch of these actors who, you know, know that price is moving on, on Binance or Coinbase and, you know, now they see these these DEX trading systems on Ethereum or on other chains and, and see, hey, they're kind of out of line. And if, you know, if I you know, kind of put my capital in here and, and I capture this trade or if I do this, you know, borrow something on chain, right, and do one of these flash loans, like basically these people with technical and asymmetric information or, or who can, you know, enact these trading actions the fastest will be updating the price for everybody else on, on chain. Right. And that's why they're, you know, nibbling and getting these profits from everybody else who participates inside the financial system. Right. So it's it's both a necessary kind of like a necessary insidious, you know, small evil. Right. Um, and, and everybody kind of pays for this implicitly. Like if, if any of you who've listened out there have, you know, deposited or withdrawn from an AMM or bar, like kind of borrower lending pool or um you know if even maybe some people out there have taken a flash loan or maybe you, your, your trade has been sandwiched or front run itself 
um, you know, this is kind of why it happens in a bigger, like, you know, Lion King sort of like, this is the ecosystem point of view. Interesting. I think Lion King is a good example. Right. Uh, it really is still the jungle out there in terms of DeFi. It's not the Wild West anymore, but uh, definitely a jungle. Yeah. So, so we're, we're optimistic, though, for the future, right? Because, you know, we see our design experiment as, yeah, it's a, it's a first success, I think, in this direction. Um, but I, I, I would say it's concerning because, you know, it took us like, a bunch of time to get to this point. And, um, you know, it wasn't easy and it, a lot of points were uncertain. Right. Um, and, and there, we still have remaining challenges even within our own technical roadmap. And so, you know, how are we supposed to get to the point that the end final destination of getting like a billion people on DeFi or, you know, even, you know, the next a hundred million people on Ethereum, right? Like, like that, that's, it's unfathomable. Like, like we, we would not wish this process on anybody else who's just trying to build an awesome D app, like, you know, two years from now, it's, it's too much. It's too much work. It's very hard work. So I think there's a whole set of tools and resources and like ecosystem boosters and probably venture funds and other types of players and, and who will emerge to kind of, you know, help take us those next few steps. Um, and, you know, we, we, we plan to be working along that same trajectory, you know, with, with these people. So um, I, I think there's definitely a big gap still for like kind of this vision of DeFi. It makes sense. But where there's a problem, there's an opportunity and someone will come in and seize it, like you said. So yeah, I'm optimistic too. Before we let you go, can you give us one word of advice to anyone who's just entered the space right now, maybe looking at their portfolio overnight going, what just happened? Um, you know, where do we go from here? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think in one line, I would say it gets better uh, for, for those who are into like reading really short picture book type things. Um, I, I really like uh, I think it's uh, Seth Godin. Um, he has a book called The Dip. I would highly recommend buying this like it's a little short booklet. Um, and uh, I, there might be an online form, too, but it's called The Dip. Basically, it's exactly what it sounds like. How do you know when to quit? How do you know when to persist? It, it is basically the theme of it. Um, so, so in terms of like you know something to look at offline, uh, what I'm about to say is, is in you know aligned with that, which is right now is the dip, right? You know, I don't. Who knows how long it's going to last, or you know when the next up cycle will be, but you know right now is is exactly the moments where you know you're your whole question of why and and your thesis for like, you know, why am I spending time in crypto, right? Like that's going to be tested for everybody, right? It, it, you know, whether you invested $10 in this space or whether you've invested, you know, like the past chapter of your career in this space, right? Like this is happening to everybody across the stack. So um, I think it's a great time to slow down a bit to, uh, you know, unplug, you know, engage with things that are non-crypto, right? Like if you've been neglecting exercise, now's a great time to do that, right? Like, it, it, you know, start new habits um, and build yourself a support network, you know, both, you know, for crypto, but maybe it's it's too fresh right now and you just need to unplug, and take a, you know, take a break, right? Go, there are a lot of things you can do offline um, and, and, and develop both 
networks both in and out of crypto to, to, to support you. Um, obviously, you don't always want to be talking shop 24 um, seven. And, and sometimes you have to like, you know, engage with old friends, develop those, um, you know, whether it's family, friends, uh, a hobby you do or something that's like just has nothing to do with, you know, coin market cap or something like that. Right. Like, like, and so I, you know, I think like in, in earlier cycles, that was something that I had to work through a lot and it gets better because the next rodeo, when uh, you come tumbling down off the, off the horse, it's, you know, it doesn't hurt as much and, 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 you know, be, be there for each other. But, you know, there will be a time where, where you, you were level-headed and common collected again. And that's when, you know, hip, get, go back to the drawing desk, go back to, um, you know, reading the white papers, go back to, you know, whatever it is that that was your kind of main hats that brought you to crypto in the first place. Uh, if it's your first cycle, like think about earlier this year, last year, two years ago, and, and engage with what you actually, you know, where your curiosity takes you and where you would naturally enjoy to spend your time. Uh, but it's okay to unplug for a while because, you know, we're all human. Like it, it, it's a pretty tough fall. And that's fantastic advice. Uh, Dorsal, thank you so much for being with us here on the podcast. Definitely excited to see what you continue to build over at Integral. And if people want to continue to follow you or join your community, where can they go? Yeah. So uh, on Twitter for, you know, the project itself, that's probably the best way to, to find uh, us and the whole link tree of resources that's on Twitter. That's at integral HQ. Um, so for, for actual protocol and project announcements um, and then in there, you, you'll see the discord community links, um, the actual website links, which is integral.link. Um, and uh, if you're curious in, you know, some pseudonymous ramblings, uh, you, you, you can go to uh, uh, follow me at zero X dorsal. Um, that's the, the Twitter handle. And um, for, uh, uh, you know, other members of the team, they're, they're also uh, a, a lot of them have the um, are cute DeFi squad whale NFT pictures as well. Uh, so that's something where, you know, if you need an NFT to cheer you up, uh, yeah, those are mintable still. Uh, still about, I think, 8,000 something left that that will be distributed to our community um, over time. And if, if you're interested on the research side of things, we publish a lot of our AMM works uh, and, and DeFi engineering and, and, you know, the IQ 140 stuff under uh, at Professor J. That's J-E-Y. And so that's uh, a, a pseudonymous research fund account we also maintain. So, um, yeah, so those are all great ways to engage. Um, and, and, you know, if you are looking to uh, buy the dip and to want to do it directly on Ethereum on chain, uh, you can look at the, we have three trading pairs available right now on size. So that's Ethereum USDC, Convex Ethereum and, and Sushi Ethereum. So, uh, but probably you want to unplug. It's, it's a, it's a tough day for everybody. Definitely a great time to take a vacation, but also to join the integral community and learn some research and hey, grab a free NFT. Pretty cool bonus. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back later in the week with another great podcast here at Crypto 101. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, 
but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.